Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You know, not every show can be a winner. This is just like life. Some some shows suck. Some shows are really good. Hey. Today's going to be one oh, of those good, good ones. I'm just going to be right up front and tell you right now, I'm already interested in like three or four of our guests good. today. I thought you were going to tell me it sucked. Well, I see I that. Know, that I was getting scary. <laughs> me too. It's like, I worked so hard. You did work yeah. hard. And it shows today so much. You have a 14-year-old hero today, which is great. You know, I love the hero segment. Of course, if you're what, brand what, new. To, wait a minute. Yes. What? What do they get, these heroes? I mean, we, we always we got to the animal radio hero. What does he get? Well, you know, they get recognition on the air in front of an audience of uh, three, four, sometimes five people. And if they're in town, <laughs> I will wow. actually give them a big sloppy kiss. Okay, so they don't, so don't get anything, in other words. Exactly. They, they really don't, no. but we do recognize them as, as being somebody exceptional who's gone out of their way to take care of of the animals that we probably oh, would good. at 14 years old i honestly i was a little self-centered i still am but at 14 years old i really wasn't thinking about other animals and for this little kid to be doing that we'll find out more in just a few minutes also we're going to have dr Lori hess back on the show she has the top 10 bird dangers i want you to be sticking around for this joey and listen because we want gurney to be safe of course and uh yeah either that or i'm going to incorporate all 10 of them into my household yeah joey you know Brandon, I probably know a few of them. I want to take your bird. I want to take your bird. I'm not going to let Listen, you take that bird. 30, longer, I think 36 this. years, I must be doing something right. Brandon McMillan has a TV show on CBS. It's called Lucky Dog. I understand that he's just landed. What, what's the deal? Uh, he was on the East Coast. He was supposed to fly back last night, but I guess they had some bad weather on the East Coast. So oh, he's flying back this morning. But East I, Coast always having bad yeah, weather. But I think, I, he's so gonna, I think he's going to be on time. I think his plane will be on time today. Good. So we'll speak to him in just a few minutes. Also, Dorothy Hunter, she owns this uh, pet store. Pet store, uh-huh. She's doing this promotion to bring people in to buy food there. She's going to be eating pet food for 30 days. So we'll uh, talk to her in just a couple of minutes right here. Oh, please. On Animal Radio. Uh, Joey, you know you, what? Get, get her a breath Get her a breath strip. What are you going to be working on today? I'm going to be talking about your ornery cats. And, and you know, you, when you get that cat that doesn't that sees the brush from the, the other end of the room, dish darts away. Runs away. I'm going to give you a little trick of how to you know get that that cat you know brushed out and combed out or brushed out and de-shedded de- there real easy do a lot of people bring their cats in for you or is it mostly dogs it's mostly dogs but we had a lot we had a lot of cats because we were one of the only places that did cats i probably did about 20 cats a week i would say which wow. for most salons that's a lot yeah. Um, yeah. but that's um yeah we, we we did quite a few because not many people wanted to groom it's like it's like grooming a running chainsaw at times so <laughs> You know, I'm that guy. You see the guy that juggles the chainsaws? I was, I was that you. guy. Yeah. Perfect description. Tammy, you're working hard in the newsroom. What do you got going on? Vaseline sandwiches. Vaseline. Yeah. Oh, how yucky that sounds. <laughs> yes, I know it sounds really oh, disgusting, rough. doesn't it? But, but seriously, I've got a very bizarre and funny story that involves Vaseline sandwiches and why you're going to want to remember those just in case. Just in case. I'll leave it there. Now you see why I'm so excited about today's show? Stick around. Well, hello, uh, Nancy? Yes. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you. I I just discovered your uh, uh, show last night in Carpinteria. Uh, KTMS? Yes. 
beautiful. You know, we've been on that station since 2003. Oh, you're kidding. I've missed all those good ch- chats. Yeah, well, now, now you got it here. So how can we help? I got everybody here waiting for you to help you. Okay. Well, I have a dog, and he was, di- he was itching and itching and itching. Okay, and so uh, the vet, which is not his real vet because she was on vacation, diagnosed him with a meat allergy. So he's mm-hmm. taking um, Z slash D, and he's much better, but he's still itching. And okay. I'm wondering, oh, and he was put on p- uh, pills, Temeril, tem- just a second, let me look at it. Um, Temeril P, I bet. Yeah, okay. tem- Temeril P. Okay. And so I'm wondering, is this now a lifelong thing? Or, um, but he, I guess what bothers me even more is that he's still itching, but just a he little is. bit. Okay. And how recently did he get put on this food? You know, I'll look at the date of the pills, and that's probably a couple about weeks it. or months yeah, or weeks. June eighteenth. Okay. So when we talk about food allergies, we we recognize that where dogs are not allergic to say the whole food, they're allergic to proteins. And actually, dogs. Um, the most common food allergens uh, for dogs, in fact, 68% of them are going to be beef, dairy, and wheat. Cats, uh, the good proportion, about 80%, are going to be beef, dairy, and fish. So that doesn't mean, you know, that's necessarily the, the thing your pet is allergic to, but um, those are just some of the most common um, allergens. Right. And itching, scratching, rashes, uh, infections, yeah, hair loss, all can be symptoms of food allergy, but they can also be symptoms of a lot of other things, including inhaled allergies, as well as things like fleas or infections and so forth. Right. So um, the challenge with food allergy is it, it can commonly be playing a role in pets who have presumed allergies, but the hard thing is to prove it. So what the veterinarian has done has been to start a uh, food trial. And the thing to be prepared for is food trials do not produce instant results. Um, okay. And it can take many weeks or months to, to know if a diet is really making a difference or not. Um, so you also are, your pet is also on a steroid, which could be helping some as well. And that can help to subdue the itch related to a lot of different conditions. Right. Now, he, now he no longer, he, I have four left, but it just says give as needed. So I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it says in AM. I don't know why. I guess maybe it keeps you awake at night or? Uh, potentially. Some dogs just from the, because it has a steroid in it, they're going to urinate more. And uh, most people would prefer that to happen in the morning hours when they're able to, you know, get them outside or they have right. access outside. Oh, he'll so, yeah. let me know. He has no, no worries about that. Yeah. Now, and you asked, you know, is this diet going to be something long term? Hmm, maybe. So normally, once I start a pet on a food allergy trial, if we get good results, and and for me, if we get 50% or less um, decrease, or 50% or more improvement in their signs, then I consider that a successful um, food trial. The challenge is that, so if your pet's doing really good, and we're trucking along great, and the skin is wonderful, and you're not having to resort to those steroids or other things, you know, then we say, okay, we're feeling lucky. (laughs) Do you want to try to do what we call a food challenge. So 
the answer to feeding that diet could be, yes, you can feed it for your pet's whole life and they'll be fine. But if we want to know if food allergy is really a component, then we reintroduce the diet you were feeding to your pet and we monitor for reoccurrence of symptoms. And that's how we can really prove whether or not a pet has food allergy and whether or not they're on the right diet. Um, Some people are honestly very keen on the idea, especially if a diet's working for their pet on, you know, wanting to put their pet through that and, and risk that. But that would be something for you to consider there. Right. And I'd say it's working 85%. Awesome. Yeah. You know, the only thing is, like, I'm going to warn you, is the f- effect of steroids um, at the same time um, can be a little confounding. So once you're off the Temeral P, if you still feel the same way about it, then I'm going to say, awesome, great. Then oh. we've got a very solid uh, confirmation we have a pet with food allergy. Okay. He's been off it for about, oh, you know, the first, I forget how many days, five to seven days. So he's on it for seven days. And then just occasionally, you know, one or two occasionally, and I still mm-hmm. have four left. Okay, so well, that's I, so good. I, I say it's, it's definitely, definitely working then, for, you know, from good, your description. Good. I mean, he was well, crying that... and, you know, oh, it's just terrible. Yeah. I felt so badly yeah. for him. Well, remember, as you're doing this test, as Dr. Debbie always tells me, you got to be very compliant. Don't feed any treats or anything else that doesn't belong in the diet while you're testing it, right? Right, right. Uh, now, yeah, yeah. And, and she said... Um, to not, uh, because like, I should not give him like potato chips because that's a wheat. Yep. And yeah, I, and what about shrimp? No, well, see, that's the whole idea. So if you, if your yeah. dog is doing great on these, on this diet now, and you're doing a good job because you have a can, you have a dry and a treat variety. So there's no reason you have to add anything to your pet's diet. No. But if you should choose to do that, I would only introduce one item and to, and to limit it to that over the next several weeks. So for two to three weeks, I would really not introduce any other food items. Then if uh, you, okay then you'll know if your pet starts to have more skin symptoms, you know what, we don't want to feed anything that's, you know, got potato in it. Um, but you want to stick to the more pure things if you're going to do that. And, and I don't know, you know, like I said, usually my clients, we really have a heart to heart about whether or not we want to go through the cost of having to treat all those skin infections if you're doing really well. So if, if uh, the treats and the food, you know, if we're accepting it, you just got to decide how much you want to roll the dice. Right. No, I think I think what I'm going to do is just keep going on this because I can afford it and you know, he, but he loves to eat. So mm-hmm. he but he should lose weight. Yep. Yeah. So, and so. I do want to mention one thing. The the product she's talking about is it, it's a Hills product called ZD. Uh-huh. And it is a example of a hydrolyzed protein diet. Mm-hmm. And I like to make the comparison to people's, people's, people, <laughs> uh, food. To people food. Yeah. So babies, um, infants that have uh, milk allergies are on hydrolyzed formulas. Oh. So they can actually take um, a milk protein and they break it down through a process called hydrolyzation, makes the protein small and it kind of bypasses the the immune system um, receptors in the gut. So that's the same kind of process that they do to this type of food. So a hydrolyzed prote- protein diet has that kind of uh, science behind it. Okay. And when I took, I've been t- yeah, I take him for, for a couple of walks every day. Well, I have three dogs. But at any rate, finally his stool was firm today for the first time. Good. And that's another symptom of food-related allergy. Yes. Well, Nancy, it sounds like you're heading in the right direction. Let us know how it goes and if you're still having problems in a few weeks and uh, we can re-examine it and take a look at it again. Okay. Well, I, I can't wait. To, I'm so sorry I missed you all that other all those other years. <laughs> well, now, now you know. Tell your friends. Thank you so much for listening. I will, for sure. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. 
And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452. That's 800 380 4452. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. This is Animal Radio. You know, I once had a dog that vomited up a black walnut that was present in the dog's stomach five years. Holy um, So they lived in Europe. And they knew the dog ate the black walnut. Mm-hmm. They said, ah, it'll pass. It never passed. The dog was fine. And then all of a sudden, we had all these GI signs when they moved to my area. And uh, yeah, so it was quite surprising. So sometimes these things can hang out for long periods of time and not necessarily cause a problem. Yeah. Wow. But so we're going to be talking about this guy whose dog swallowed a ring. Uh, was it a wedding ring? Wedding it ring. was a wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they, they thought that they lost it because the dog never pooped it mm-hmm. until they figured out some cool way to get rid of it or get the dog to, to expel it. And we'll tell you about that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. And it's all about you now for Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. And let's go to Steve. We haven't had very much male representation today. So, uh, hey, Steve, how you doing? Hey, buddy, it's California. Where? I'm in California, Steve Maddie. Where? I wonder about my doggy. I got a brand, uh, brand dog. What kind of dog? Ben, ben, they, they, they call Ben Dog. A brindle pit bull, okay. Yeah, pit bull. She's beautiful. I got also original pit bull, but this brandy, the coffee, she was about three months old. Somebody left the streets. Dying was nothing but the ribs dying and mm. red eyes. But I cure. I got two doctors, one in Sun City, one in Corona, and they she was coughing and a chest congestion. And that's cured. She's perfectly all right. Okay. But the eyes are still red, and no one doctor said nothing about eyes. And something coming terrible on her eyes. I cannot cure that. Okay. How long ago was the the breathing problem? Did, did that get cleared up? It's more than three months, six months at least. Okay. Can, so, can you tell me what the problem is, Doctor Debbie? I'm not following. So, um, so the pit bull had a respiratory infection, and it was treated, um, and that part is better. But her eyes have are still remaining to be red. Um, is there a discharge with those eyes? 
Yeah, he does. A lot. A lot. What I use, I use compliment tea. Some Mexican okay. friend told me it's also good uh, to the history. Compliment tea is good for stomach problems. Or, so yeah, I yeah. also I both with a compliment tea. Well, you know, for me, if I have a pet that has, especially continued red eyes, and, and I'm assuming red being the conjunctiva, kind of the, kind of the lining of the eye on the top, the bottom, and they even have like a little third eyelid in the corner of that. If those areas are red and persistently red, and especially if we have a discharge of any form on a regular basis, I mean, this is really something we need to treat. And, you know, chamomile tea, you know, it's one of those kind of uh, holistic things we can try. It's an astringent, it's an antioxidant. And while it's not necessarily harming things, it could be very well that we need to treat something more appropriately. If this is an infection, we need to get on a topical eye antibiotic. So pills that you might have had for the respiratory infection aren't necessarily going to happen or help with the eye. Um, we would need to treat that directly more with an eye drop. So for, for me, if I had your doggy right here, I'd be looking in the eyes, um, seeing if there's any kind of um, matter underneath the eyes. Sometimes we can have something as simple as allergies trigger this. Um, other cases, it may be a bacterial infection. And even some dogs, if they spend a lot of time outdoor in the sun, they can get actually solar injury. So the sun can cause irritation. It can cause the discharge. Um, and we see that yeah, more in the, like, the light-colored eyes or the, um, the pigment, unpigmented areas there. So, um, no, it's not yeah, possible it, she lives in a house. They have pet dogs in a house. I got the dog, dog gate. They go from the uh-huh. bedroom to the patio and go control the yard. She's a good killer. She kills everything around. She mm-hmm. kills a Siamese cat. Oh, dear. No, keep that kid yeah. inside. Definitely we don't want her killing any cats. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, Steve, well, I think that's yes, going to be the... Because the cats want to kill the birds and the chicken, so she's controlling that. That's oh, okay. Well. That's what they say for. They're controlling the people, too. I got a yeah, well. body of pit bull, 100 pounds. Nobody oh, can get by that one. But I love yeah. the pets. I'm not uh, keeping pets to kill people, but I don't want them also to be sick and dying. And yeah. Not- it sounds like you've taken good care of her, Steve, when it comes to her respiratory infection. I do think it just means you, you need to get that kid back to the vet. So if you've just called them and said, hey, she's got an eye discharge, it really means a lot for a vet to see something. So if I can appreciate your dog right in front of me right now, um, you know, we could have a totally different conversation. We might go in a different direction. Um, but I do think this is time that, you know, if you've tried some remedies, some home uh, tricks, and it's not getting better, we really need to get her um, evaluated. Yeah, I do. Call both rats and ask them the question. How come they didn't catch your eyes when they did the microchip and shots? Yeah, I wouldn't beat your vets up about this. I would say, you know, you could be right or you can get your pet taken care of. So, and I would say, get that baby to the vet. But the second vet was a uh, Chinese here in Corona. He got his uh, hospital by freeway. He got everything. He's a good doctor, no doubt about that. I don't want him to lose the sight and go blind. Absolutely, Steve. And I, I can tell you're pretty concerned. So I, I think, you know, getting her into a vet would be, definitely be a wise idea. And, and I hope that turns out well for her. And give her a good pat on the head for me. Thanks for your call today. In fact, uh, can we get the jingle singers out? Go to your vet. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by HarperCollins Publishers. And from Harper Via Books comes Good Dogs Don't Make It to the South Pole by Hans Olaf Thibold. It's a funny and touching tale of aging, friendship, and life. Narrated by a gruff yet fiercely loving dog named Taysen. 
that proves that sometimes a dog's story is the most human of all. Good Dogs Don't Make It to the South Pole is available now wherever books are sold. And thank you, HarperCollins, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's give away a copy of this book right now. Call us using the Animal Radio iPhone or Android app or send an email to yourvoice at animalradio.com. We'll select one winner right now. Good luck. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I'm Beth Stern on Animal Radio and Adopt from Your Local Shelter. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584. 877-247-1584. 877-247-1584. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Now, you might be thinking you're doing what's best for your pet if you feed them raw food, but you're actually putting their health and yours at risk. The FDA is now out with warnings about raw pet food, which generally consists of uncooked meat or poultry, organs and bones, but they can carry some very serious disease-causing bacteria. Two types of bacteria are particularly dangerous to both pets and people. And people who favor raw diets for their pets point out that feral dogs and cats catch prey and eat it raw, so what's the problem? The FDA says there's no way of knowing how many of these animals get sick or die as a result of it. So feeding raw food to your pet also increases the risk that your pet will spread the disease-causing bacteria. FDA says if you want to create food for your pet, you should cook the raw meat and poultry to kill any harmful bacteria before giving the food to them. And if you're handling raw foods, you need to pay special attention to good hygienic practices like washing your hands and washing any dishes rather that are used with the raw meats. And a woman in Wisconsin is happily wearing her wedding ring again six years after it disappeared. That's that's the yay part. Wait until you hear the rest. Lois Matikowski was devastated when her ring first disappeared. She even checked her dog's poop for a couple of weeks with no luck, just in case. (laughs) Turns out the ring was actually in the house all the time. It was inside the family's 10-year-old Rottweiler mix named Tucker. The mystery was solved after Tucker ate a Tucker rather ate a popsicle stick and all recently. A call to the vet told them to feed Tucker some Vaseline between two slices of bread, and it worked. Hmm. He coughed up the stick. That that I think that is a great tip. Wow. I've written that down in case my dog or cat eats something they shouldn't, because that's a good way of getting the Vaseline into them, because they'll eat the bread not knowing what's in between it. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. Tucker coughed up the stick. Everything was great. Two days later, he was sick again. He threw up, and yes, you guessed it, there was the ring. Six years later. The vets, they think the popsicle stick, or maybe the process of the popsicle stick coming out, dislodged the ring from wherever it was stuck inside of Tucker. 
<laughs> right? And Lois, she says, one quick cleaner with a toothbrush and a tooth, little toothpaste there ring looks exactly like it did six years ago. It's back on her finger. No harm, no foul. And, well, maybe Tucker's learned his lesson, I hope. Mm. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay new to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got the bird excited now. Yeah, you do. We got uh, some serious bird talk today. Do we? Yeah, we do. Good. We I hope you don't mind the bird screaming. No, I don't mind the bird screaming. You might even want to bring the bird in the studio. It's the top 10 bird dangers that you'll find at your house. Well, uh, really? You know, you, you know her, don't yeah, you? Yeah, Dr. Lori Hess. You know her. She's been on before. Oh, I know Dr. Hess. Yeah, actually, um, I, she worked on Animal Planet for a little bit, but I met her through Doc Halligan. Yeah, yeah good, she's good our, vet. She's our next interview after this one. Yeah, she'll be on the cool. show in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. I don't know what Judy was saying she's in the next interview after this one because I don't know what this one is and what's happening here. We have I don't Nick, think she Nick does Lish either. Nash, the founder oh, of Nichols Pet Haven. Oh, yes, very cool. We're ready to go. Okay. Do you want me to pull your paper out? Yes, I do. This one right here. Okay. There okay. you go. We're all set. And you want me to pull your paper out? <laughs> <laughs> you better Just stop leave my it. paper right where it Save is. Save that. Yeah. Save it he's, later. He's Come rearranging on. my papers on my desk and I don't like Behave. It. Stop it. Stop it. Really. <laughs> Give your hands to yourself. Yes. On children. your side of the table. Exactly. Gosh. Don't cross that line right there, that imaginary right. line. Right. It's not Maybe imaginary. you need a big marker so it's I not imaginary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would make it a definite line. Yeah. Hi, Nicholas. Hi. How are you? Good. Where are we calling you today? Where's home for you? Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. You know, I almost got a job there in Tyler, Texas. <laughs> Pretty it's, small town. It is. How old are you, Nicholas? I'm 14 years old. Wow. Okay. And you have started Nicholas's Pet Haven because you love animals, huh? Yes. Tell us a little bit about Nicholas's Pet Haven. Well, it's a shelter that I'm planning to build uh, to save lost and found cats and dogs. Nicholas, can you speak up in the phone a little bit more? We can barely hear you. Okay. Is that better? That's a little bit better. So now what made you decide that you wanted to start saving animals? Well, it all started when my mother's friend had lost her animal, and she got the picture of the animal, the information, and put it on her personal Facebook page. And then I got the idea of making my own Facebook page to save lost and found cats and dogs. Wow. And how many uh, followers do you have now? Followers, I'd say... Four thousand. Four thousand. Wow. That's wow. Uh, that's about three times what Animal Radio has. <laughs> How did you get all of those people? How did you tell people about this? Well, I really just invited people to the page from pretty much everywhere, and then it really grew because people shared my page and showed everyone. And on the page, what do you have? Animals that are looking for homes, or lost and found, or what do you have on there? I have lost and found animals on there. So if somebody loses their pet, they get in touch with you? Yes. How many animals would you say that uh, you have placed in new homes? I'd say I've placed hundreds. You know, i got to say, and you probably already know this, there's not very many young kids, entrepreneurs like you, doing this kind of stuff. 
right. What do your friends think of what you're doing? Oh, they just really think it's cool that I'm saving all the animals and helping. So you're creating a uh, a small shelter at your house, is that correct? Well, um, my grandmother gave us some land, and we're going to eventually get donations and start building there. So you're going to build your own no-kill facilities. Now, you're not going to kill any animals at your shelter? Right. It'll be a no-kill shelter. How long do you, you. How long do you think it'll be before you have that built? What's your goal? I'd say... 2015. By next year? Wow. Possibly. Wow. Now, are you one of those, what we call here, a foster failure, where people take in animals <laughs> to find homes, but we end up loving them and keeping them ourselves? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of animals do you have? I have kept a pit bull uh-huh. who was taken to a shelter and was about to be euthanized, but we had gotten him from there, and... He is now in his forever home. And that's your home? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> so have you had uh, animals ever since you were real little? Do you remember? Yes. Um, my first pet was a brown lab, and her name was Lola. And how old were you? I'd say four or five. Now, is your shelter just going to be cats and dogs, or are you going to deal with other animals as well, like rabbits and rats and uh, you know any type of other animals? Um, I might deal with some other animals at our shelter, yeah. I see that you uh, helped a dog that needed surgery. You helped them pay for that? Yes. How did you do that? Uh, I uh, made a GoFundMe, and lots of people uh, donated to me, and that's how we got all the money for it. I hear Ellen's looking to to bring you on her show. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. What have you heard so far? Um, She just has said that we're in the run-in for it and that we possibly might be on there. Mm. Well, I think what you're doing is amazing, and you're the animal radio hero of the week. Woohoo! That, that is awesome. Because when somebody at your age cares so much for the animals and is making a career out of taking care of them and finding new homes for them, because I guess when we started, there was about 7 million animals that were being there euthanized. more than that. How, a little more than about, that. I think there was about 12 at that time when we started wow, that long that's, ago. that's crazy. And now there's, uh, what do they say, between 4 and 5 Before and million, five million a, year. a year? Yeah. So I'm so yeah. glad that you're helping find these homes. Where do you see this 10 years from now? I see it being very huge 10 years from now. Um, I mean, we're just starting out, and we're going to start out very small and then get bigger and bigger. That's the way hey, to Nicholas, do it. Hey, Nicholas, I got a question. This is Tammy. What, what, what is going to be your, your life career? Is it going to be working with animals? What do you see yourself, as they say, being when you grow up? Not that you're already not doing an awful lot. <laughs> I would like to be a veterinarian. And I think it's not like that. There we yes. go. You're going to be I awesome. You know that? <laughs> you are. Have you uh, roped in any of your friends to help you? Um, not really. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Yes. Are they helping? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, it is so good to talk to you today, and I thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. There he goes, Mr. Nicholas Nash. He's the founder of Nicholas's Pet Haven. Is there a website that we can give out? No, we really just have a Facebook right now. Okay. I'm going to put the link to 
Nicholas's Facebook page over at AnimalRadio.com so that anybody who's interested and wants to see his page and what he's doing, you can go over and check it out. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. That's my cousin's name. Nicholas. It amazes me. You know, you're asking questions. Where do you see this as we'll be in 10 years? You know, I can't answer that question now. How do I know where we're going to be in 10 years? And he had a good answer for you. So, you know, he's a I guarantee we're going to hear about this kid. Yeah, you'll hear about him hear about him in years to come he's going to do some great things i'm going to predict it because what a start and what dedication at 14 i mean you know 14 what is that like like that's almost 100 in dog years look for him on ellen next i'm pretty sure he'll get that gig but we had him first well of course yeah that's where they start all their careers here at all we kick them off this is where careers start and end we're kind of like (laughs) a uh... why did you do that why did you have to have that People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Some days this is like a job to me, and some days this is a lot of fun, and the the two hours just rush on by. Uh, Most excited about Dorothy Hunter. Now, she's eating pet food for 30 days. She owns a pet store, and she wants to show how good her food is. She's about halfway through that 30 days, too. You have several questions for her. I understand you're going to ask her about uh, kitten's milk and bully sticks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I want to know what she's eating and drinking. Gnawing on a bully stick right now, perhaps. (laughs) I want to know how her teeth are looking, too. Yeah, and her coat. (laughs) Does she have a shiny coat? Yeah. But right now, very excited about this. Brandon McMillan is joining us. Hi, Brandon. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Very good. Brandon has a television show called Lucky Dog. It airs on CBS Saturday mornings. Now, what's it about? Well, Lucky Dog is the story of second chances. Uh, every year, um, all over the world, millions of dogs are euthanized because they can't find homes. Yep. So that's the premise of Lucky Dog. Every week on um, every episode, I rescue one dog. I save one life, and I take it back to the ranch, and I evaluate it. I assess it to find out what it knows, and most importantly, what it doesn't know. And then from there, I find a family, and then I train the dog according to the family's needs. So. For example, um, we do a lot of service dogs in the show. Um, if the dog, you know, is designed for agility, I'll, I'll turn it into a little agility master. I let the dog tell me what it wants to do, and then I talk to the family, and let me, talk, uh, let me see their lifestyle. Let me see how the dog would be a good match. And then in the end, there's a union. So every episode is a happy ending, no matter what. How do you select a dog from the shelters? There are so many of them. What are you yeah. looking for? You know, I, I gotta, first of all, I've got to make the connection with the dog. But I like to I like to select uh, put a real focus on different breeds, different breeds, different mutts, different sizes. Because the, the fact is, people they're 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 under the impression that the shelters you know have usually only either mutts or mostly pit bulls or mostly chihuahuas. When in reality, the shelters have a ton of pure breeds. They have a ton of great dogs in there that people didn't realize. And so that's my job. I want to focus on breeds that people never realize were in the shelter because I'm promoting these shelters. Mm-hmm. I want people to not go to breeders anymore. 
I want people to go to shelters and rescue. You are a trainer that has done some amazing training, and it's not just dogs. Yeah, no, I I spent my entire life training uh, big animals. Ooh. I was uh, my father. He he was a lion tamer in the circus. Holy and wow! That's and that's where I was born. And so, but then when I was 15, I actually, most people run away to the circus. I ran away from the circus. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, uh, were you helping out in the circus? Were you, uh, as, as part of it, were you part of the training or were you? Uh... My house, my house, when I was younger, we grew up with, with lions, tigers, and bears in our house. Wow. So I took all those skills and then I started training for the movies in Hollywood when I was 18. And I've been doing that ever I was doing that for about 15 years. Um, and I've pretty much gotten out of the entire wild animal industry, and now I'm doing 100% dogs. And I took all those skills that it took to train a wild animal. Like, for example, you know, when it comes to wild animal training, it's definitely mind over matter. So I took these skills that it took to train a grizzly bear or a, you know, or a lion, and I say, you know, it's so easy to train a lion to do this. Guess what? It's only a 40-pound dog. This is even easier. Wow. You like uh, a little bit of thrill. You, you, you talk about you getting a little adrenaline rush every day. You need to get that adrenaline rush. You know, a lot of people who, uh, <laughs> my, my good friends know this, but a lot of people who don't know me, I, I'm, I'm actually a shark junkie. I love diving with sharks, cage-free. Um, wow. I just came back I just came back from the Bahamas, actually. We did a photo shoot with uh, tiger sharks, and we had, um, on one day alone, we had four tiger sharks, all ranging from 12 to 16 feet. Oh, man. Aren't you scared, man? <laughs> you know what? The first time I the first time I was years ago. But then you know what I realized? These sharks—they're just trying to get something to eat, like somebody else. Yeah, and you might be it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the goal. Not getting not getting eaten is very important. <laughs> it is. You have a, a great career. There's no reason to get eaten now. Oh, he was eaten at such a young age. Uh, you've done uh, movies. You've trained animals for movies like The Hangover, uh, The Jungle Book. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Dharma and Greg, Jackass, Wild Boys, uh, a whole bunch of commercials. I mean, you really, uh, you've made inroads to a great career. Yeah, commercials and advertising were pretty much my, uh, that was my uh, bread and butter for years. And that's that's how I learned to train, too, because commercials and advertising, you, you technically have, they give you like three or four days to teach high-level tricks. And so I spent so many years doing that to where they would say, okay, fine, uh, you have four days to teach this dog how to actually turn a doorknob, open the door, and walk outside. Wow. So and do you do this by to, yourself, or do you have a staff to help you with this? I, I had to do it by myself for years because I was bidding my own jobs. That's how you get a job. You say, okay, well, these people over here, are gonna. there's going to be three trainers working on it. To outbid them, I have to say, okay, I'm one trainer, and I will outbid them at the same price just for one trainer. And so I had to learn how to do things myself. Wow. Mm. And so I, I, I showcase a lot of the yeah, techniques on the show Lucky Dog because I don't use I don't use uh, other trainers often. What I do is I use a lot of uh, a lot of ropes and uh, uh, leashes, sort of like pulley systems. So in other words, instead of a trainer holding a leash behind, I have a long leash that goes through uh, like a pulley, and I hold it in my hand. And if you see the show, it looks like another trainer is holding the dog from behind, but technically, cool. I'm controlling the dog almost like a marionette puppet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. It looks like a great show. It's called Lucky Dog. It airs Saturday mornings on CBS. Check your local listings for airtimes. Your website, animalexpertbrandonmcmillan.com is the website. And we're going to put links over at animalradio.com. He's also got a Facebook page. Well, CBS does for uh, the, the show, which is facebook.com slash CBS Lucky Dog. And once again, we'll put all that information over at the website. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks, guys. Loved it. Well, don't you know this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Harper Collins? And from Harper via books comes Good Dogs Don't Make It to the South Pole. It's a funny and touching tale of aging, friendship, and life. 
narrated by a gruff yet fiercely loving dog, Taysen, that proves sometimes a dog's story is the most human of all. Good Dogs Don't Make It to the South Pole is available wherever books are sold. And thank you, HarperCollins, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's give away a copy right now. Call us using the Animal Radio iPhone or Android app, or you can send an email to yourvoiceatanimalradio.com. We'll select one winner right now. Good luck. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Wow, I can't believe the first hour is already done. Kicking off this hour, an amazing one, too, I'll tell you. I'm going to talk to the lady, Dorothy Hunter, who owns a pet store, and she's going to be eating dog food for 30 days. That's oh it. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Yeah. Maybe we should just go right to the phones. What do you say? Let's do it. Hi, who's this? This is Judy. <laughs> I have a puppy. I told you to stop calling Judy. You got problems. Call a shrink. <laughs> Hi, Loopy. Hi, how are you guys? Good. Where are you calling from today? Well, I'm uh, calling from Visalia, California. What's what's going on with you? I got the doctor here. So what's going on well, with your I baby have, there? Hi. Um, well, I have a three-year-old, uh, three-year-old beagle mix. Um, dog that I've had for about three years and I crate trained her from mm-hmm. when she was a puppy and this month for some reason she just completely just decided she's not going to go outside anymore um, that she's going to go to the bathroom inside the house like right in front of her front door right in the middle of the living room and mm-hmm. she's been acting uh, very scared um, to go outside like some, in the morning it's very hard to get her to leave her crate so mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just leave her in the crib for another half hour, then I'll go see if she wants to come out. And when I've got to go to work in the morning or we've got to go somewhere, I have to coax her out with treats and get her outside and then, you know, kind of trick her outside and then close the door behind her to get mm-hmm. her out there. But if it was up to her this month, I don't think she would go outside at all. And I don't know why, why she just suddenly started um, having this behavior before she... It was a really good dog. She still is a really good dog, except for that she just decided she doesn't want to go outside anymore for some reason. Okay, so she's peeing and pooping by the door? Yes. Well, in okay. the middle, by the door or in the middle of the living area. Okay. And then is she the only pet in the home? No, we have three other dogs. They're all small dogs. Okay. And they've been in the home with her the same time, oh, or yes. are they new to Yes. They came, okay. um, she actually came after him. I think she was the third dog that we acquired. Okay. And so you're not aware of anything that's recently happened, any changes in the home, anything environmental in the yard that's been changed? Not that I'm aware of. The only big change is that I'm, I'm about uh, almost nine weeks pregnant. That's the mm-hmm. only thing that's changed. Okay. All righty. So when she goes outside, what what is the normal pattern for her to go outdoors? Does she have a doggy door? Or do you have to open the door? Is it always the front door she goes out? 
We have a, a doggy door, and before okay. she used to, you know, in the morning she'd just bounce right out the door really happy, go out there and do her business, play around with other dogs. Um, but now I have to open the main door and walk out there and coax her out with treats. Okay. All right. Well, for dogs to do this, there's generally something, some inciting cause for them to have such a negative aversion to going outdoors, especially since she's done this reliably for several years. So mm-hmm. some of those bad experiences, you know, when I hear a doggy door and dogs that are trained at doggy doors, we always have to be cautious because if there's any perceiving pain that occurs either as they're going through the door or around that time entering the door, um, that can create a very strong uh, deterrent. So for me, I'm going to say as a veterinarian, first thing is make sure she is screened by a veterinarian. Make sure they f- don't find any causes of pain, um, any orthopedic is- issues, because very commonly I'll see dogs um, with neck or back pain that they can tweak themselves going through a doggy door, and then they never want to go through it. And then it becomes oh. not just a fear of the doggy door, but a fear of the outdoors or going through a, a threshold of some sort. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've had dogs that will experience fear of going outside from something as simple as, you know, hot air balloons outside or a neighbor's dogs on the perimeter fence or, believe it or not, a really bad horsefly bite, which will cause them to be afraid of going to a vicinity in the yard. So we may not know necessarily kind of what started it, but we're going to have to work backwards and try to work on um, getting your dog to be more confident. And um, a lot of that is kind of getting her more comfortable with those little steps. So taking her outside the door and rewarding her. So um, I'm a little bit less comfortable with shutting the door and making her kind of go, ah! Oh my God, what's going on? We want her to have each step of the way. We want to reward or make her feel comfortable with that. Otherwise, we're pushing her beyond where she's comfortable and we're going to set ourselves further back. Um, okay. So use treats, use the other dogs, which you have to, to get her lured outside and make it a positive experience. Praise her along okay. the way and we gradually build up the distance, um, getting to where you want her to go. Now, a lot of times it can be the route that might be the problem. So whether it was the doggy door or, say, the front door, wherever something bad has happened, we can try switching it up. So for some dogs, we might say, let's go out the back door. Um, or maybe if she's good in the car, let's put her in the car, go down the block, go to the park, put her on a leash and walk her back into the yard and see if that same um, behavior, if you notice it or not, because it could just be that relation of leaving the house and going to the potty area um, mm. and, and work on that thing. But make sure you do have her on a secure fitting leash and collar when you do this um, and that you'll bring along treats, something to positively reward her when she's showing calm and confident behavior, not wimpy, cowering behavior. You don't want to pet her or give her food in in the course of that kind of behavior because otherwise you're just going to train her to be a fearful, quivering mess. <laughs> does that yeah, make sense? And that, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I've noticed that um, when she does finally get outside and I'll tell her, you know, good girl, Polly, she pees herself a little bit. And I just think that that's just fear or her nervousness. I'm like, oh, my God, Polly, what happened? And with with a very kind of nervous dog like this, when you do reward her verbally, just keep the tone of your voice down a bit. So we don't want to be up here because that can just be a little too exciting. So you want to keep it calmer, positive, but not too like in the clouds with your voice. (laughs) Okay, thank you very much. Have a good day. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by HarperCollins Publishers. And from Harper Via Books comes Good Dogs Don't Make It to the South Pole by Hans Olaf Thievold. It's a funny and touching tale of aging, friendship, and life. 
narrated by a gruff yet fiercely loving dog named Taysen, that proves that sometimes a dog's story is the most human of all. Good Dogs Don't Make It to the South Pole is available now wherever books are sold. And thank you, HarperCollins, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's give away a copy of this book right now. Call us using the Animal Radio iPhone or Android app or send an email to yourvoice at animalradio.com. We'll select one winner right now. Good luck. Corey, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How about yourself? Very good. Where are you? Where do you live? Uh, L.A. A beautiful L.A. area. How can we help you with your animals today? Okay, I have an eight-year-old Havanese. And I've noticed that uh, he keeps on bumping into the furniture in the house, and uh, he has some discharge on his eye. Mm -hmm. So I'm afraid he's losing his uh, sight. Yeah, yeah. And this is something I take it just come on real suddenly? Yes. Alrighty. Well, definitely, this would be a situation where I would start with um, seeing a veterinarian and having a good eye exam done. And there's a couple basic things that we like to look at if we're worried about a vision uh, deterioration in a pet. Uh So there's what I kind of call, there's a trio of basic tests that we do with the eyes. Um, One, we check the pressure in the eye. It's a test called Uh tonometry. Another one is a test uh, of tear function, evaluating to see if we've got adequate tear function, and it's called a Schirmer's test. Uh-huh. And then another test that we typically will do is a corneal stain, and that's to check for kind of abrasions, ulcerations, things like that. But yeah. adding into that, when we have a pet that has a vision problem, um, we need to do a retinal exam. So look at the back part of the eye. Um, and how much does it cost? Well, it'll depend a bit on whether this is done through your general practice or through an ophthalmologist. And and there are some different steps here. Now, the thing that I would definitely consider in a Havanese, that's a breed where we definitely do have some different tendencies for eye problems. Oh, Um, really? Yeah, so um, one is that um, we can have certain types of um, uh, cataracts that form. And in fact, it's it's pretty inherent in the breed. So um, oh. cataracts are little um, kind of white opacities that form in the lens of the eye. Some never affect vision, and, and we can see them if we're looking. Um, uh-huh. And then there are another kind I of category. I think that thing, that, uh, like an opaque thing on yeah. the eye. Yeah, yeah. So that would be the number one thing I would have evaluated. So some of those, uh, some dogs, some Havanese will have them and they never cause a problem, but there are those that will go on to diminish their vision and they can go blind. Uh-huh. So what, what I often will do is I'll do some of the basic evaluations with the eye here in my office. And then if I'm suspicious we're going to have cataracts and need to deal with that, that's when I will refer to a board-certified veterinary ophthalmologist. Well, and those you know are one in the area in L because you're kind of far. Oh, certainly, yeah. And and I'm sure there are certainly ophthalmologists in your area. Um, and we can always kind of just check online at the veterinary ophthalmology, um, kind of check the board certified uh, listings, oh, okay. and we'll find one in okay. your area. Okay, um, great. But that is why, because they're the ones that are going to do potentially surgery, see if that's the case, and if we're going to be a candidate for surgery. Um, there are also, I mentioned, there's some retinal problems we can see in these guys, so um, some types of degeneration of the retina. And that Uh usually does 
to have to have um, some of the special equipment that the ophthalmologists are going to have um, to really determine that. Um, but I would say if you're starting to notice symptoms, this is definitely the time to get that evaluated because we want to intervene sooner than later um, okay. because we may have less options if we wait until things get more established or that we can't uh-huh. evaluate the back of that uh-huh. eye. Yeah, okay. I, I can tell money's a situation and you're, you're kind of worried about that, but I would yes. imagine that if you pin this down now, it might actually save you some money in the long run. So okay. Yeah, and knowing what you're up against is really, I think, the biggest hurdle. There's so much okay. uncertainty when you don't know what's going on with your pet. It, you know, you worry, uh-huh. your pet picks uh-huh. up on that. So once uh-huh. you're armed with that information, and, you know, if something like surgery isn't an option and we find out we have cataracts, then there's going to be the lifestyle adjustments, things that we're going to need to do and that you're going to need to become aware of so that we can okay. best prepare you and your pet for that. Okay. I feel sad already. Don't don't feel sad. Let's just go find out what's wrong first, okay? And, oh, and, I love this dog. Oh, and you know what? I can tell. I can tell. And the dog is so lucky to have you. I can tell that. Do me a favor, Corey. When you find out, if you find out any more, give us a call back and let us know how things are going. Okay? okay I sure will. Okay. I sure will. And go give that Thank dog you. a hug from all of us right now, okay? Yeah. Best sure wishes for things. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye now. Wow. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog Ladybug uses the brilliant pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. Hi, it's Alan Cable. How much do you love your pet? A couple in Texas is trying to sell their home so they can offer a $50,000 reward for their dog. Me and my wife, we've never had any children, and I guess maybe that, that dog is a replacement for a child. We had him, you know, for five years, and, and I got all those memories, but we just want some more, you know, or greedy. That man's name is Charlie Parker. We just want another day, another week, another month, another year. One thing's for sure. We all need to love, and we all need to be loved back. And there's nothing more powerful. So besides giving a dog a home, what's the greatest gift you can give? Well, being a great dog owner. And what does that mean? It means understanding and satisfying your dog's needs, learning to communicate with your dog. How do I do that, Alan? Dogs need these four things. Socialization, structure, exercise, and affection. You're going to have to learn to communicate like a dog. And that's done with body language, not with words. Last week, we were talking about the most common dog behavioral problems. We covered barking and chewing. Let's talk about separation anxiety. If a dog has separation anxiety, he might get very anxious right before you leave. He's going to want to follow you around constantly, touch you whenever he can. And when you leave, a lot of things can happen. He might start chewing up your couch, going to the bathroom all over the place, barking. To change this behavior, modify it and desensitize your dog first requires you to become a calm, confident, trustworthy, consistent leader. When your dog looks to you for leadership and can depend on you, the anxiety level naturally is reduced. Then you can start to teach him that, yes, you're leaving, but you're definitely coming back. In the dog world, the leader of the pack is the only one who's allowed to leave without permission. So if you're not in charge, when you leave, your dog gets all anxious because you're leaving without permission. You can begin by locking your dog in a crate and paying no attention to him for about 10-15 minutes. Then just leave. Come back in about a half hour. Pay no attention to your dog for 10-15 minutes and then let him out of the kennel. Don't talk to him, though. And then over time, lengthen the amount of time you stay away. Your dog will learn that you're in charge, you're 
leaving and you're coming back. And because you're not making a big deal out of leaving and coming back, your dog will learn to be calm while you're doing it. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by HarperCollins Publishers. And from Harper Via Books comes Good Dogs Don't Make It to the South Pole by Hans Olaf Thivold. It's a funny and touching tale of aging, friendship, and a life narrated by a gruff yet fiercely loving dog named Taysen that proves sometimes a dog story is the most human of all. Good Dogs Don't Make It to the South Pole is available now wherever books are sold. And thank you, HarperCollins, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's give away a copy right now. Call us using the Animal Radio iPhone or Android app or send an email to yourvoice at animalradio.com. We'll select one winner right now. Good luck. Tammy, what are you working on? Okay, so if you're looking for an apartment, you kind of got your checklist, right? You want a certain number of bedrooms, bathrooms, maybe you want a pool, got to have some parking. How about a communal dog, an apartment complex? (laughs) You're looking for an apartment. Wouldn't it be cool to find an apartment complex that comes with a dog that everyone shares? I found one for you. I love it. We'll find out more in just a couple of minutes. Well, so wait a minute. So wait, wait a minute. Yes. So, so the dog. So everyone takes care of the dog. Like, what does everyone take a turn or something? The manager takes care of the dog, but the cool thing is everybody else gets to enjoy the dog's presence. How cool is that? Huh? There must be some advantages it. to Without that. Without the expense. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, the advantages you can go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yep. That's one. <laughs> I haven't been on vacation in 20 years. What's I, a vacation? I understand. Yeah. That's, uh, what do we do with the animals? Oh, give them to a pet sitter, kennel them. Heck yeah. no, I don't oh, yeah, think so. You know, it never works. It never oh, works. Sneak them I don't in. care. Sneak them in. Do yeah. you know I snuck a dog in into a hotel in Missouri, driving across country, and yeah. uh, we got caught and we got a lot, we actually got in a lot of trouble. Oh, what happened? Really, really? Yeah, they called the police on us. They wanted us. They, they the wanted us to no leave way. the hotel. And yeah, yes. Oh wow, yeah. we snuck oh, cats wow. in all across the country. Hey, let me tell yep. you. If I was running a hotel, you came in with your animal and I saw you, I would have said, you know what? Anything you want. Whatever you want. Can I get you some dog treats is what I would have said. Because you're, yeah. you're an intimidating guy. You know, you think Sopranos, you think Joey Volani, don't you? Pretty much. Well, listen, it was me, another another big Italian guy, and a pit bull. And they threw us now, out. Wow. Now, what did they call they the police? They weren't too intimidated. <laughs> I guess not. Okay, so let's hit the phones and talk to you right now. Don't be intimidated by Joey Volani. He's just a big pussy cat. Hey, Alan, how are you doing? Doing good. What's going on in your world? My dog, Daisy, my girlfriend's dog, Daisy, and my dog, Daisy, they have, she has a, like, a personal thing, like a P-word, if you know what I'm meaning. Uh, couldn't quite hear that. I'm sorry. The dog has a P-word, if you know what I'm meaning. Oh, okay. Yeah, she has her monthly cycle, or her, her twice a year cycle, I should say. Yeah. Is it only twice a year? Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, don't they get off easy, man? I don't know how that goes, Judy. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. So your dog is um having her heat cycle. Um yeah. and, and and what about that? What are you what's your question? What, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I mean, it's na- it's nature, um, and this is exactly what is meant to happen um, as far as in preparation for pregnancy. Now, for dogs, if she's a pet um, and you're not intending to breed her, um, the best thing that I actually recommend is to get her spayed, to have the surgical sterilization done so that 
not only so she doesn't have heat cycles, because it's more than just the bother, although, you know, I think many women <laughs> would, would agree that the, the surgery would be well worth it. Um, but as far as by having her spayed, we're also protecting her against a lot of other reproductive diseases. And one of the biggest ones is a condition called pyometra. And it's an infection that happens in the uterus, in, in the reproductive structures. And it's very serious. Um, it can be totally pre be prevented by spaying. So it would be a very good measure for your dog to prevent that type of thing, as well as all those cancers that can happen um, in a, an intact female dog. Um, and, and that can be done, you know, surgery can be done while she's in heat. Some folks opt to wait till they're out of their cycle um, just to minimize complications. But either which way, I think that will be the, the best way we can ensure you don't have to deal with this and that we can keep her in top health. Uh-huh. So, time to get her spayed, okay? Uh, okay. Okay, there you go. Thanks, Alan, for your call. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-380-4452. 800-380-4452. That's 800-380-4452. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo, and there is another app to help you find that lost pet. The ASPCA has just released its first app designed to help pet parents locate their babies as quickly as possible. And what makes this one different is that instead of simply adding photos of your lost pet to a database where they could get lost in all the other pictures of lost pets, the ASPCA app gives you an individual search plan with customized action steps based on your pet's unique personality and the circumstances of how your pet was lost. And you can add medical records and photos. They can all be updated onto the app to create a digital lost pet flyer that can be shared across social media networks in the event of an emergency. The ASPCA did a study during the creation of the app, found out that 58% of lost pets were recovered through some action taken by owners or others, including using ID tags and microchips, searching the neighborhood, checking with local shelters or animal control, and distributing flyers or posters. Well, fleas and ticks, they are very busy this time of year. So the FDA has updated its guidelines for using flea and tick control products. There are two pieces of advice that are pretty important in all of this. The FDA says don't go, quote, off-label when treating your pets, meaning buying those funky brands just because maybe they're a little cheaper. And always consult your vet before beginning or changing a flea or tick treatment with your animal. Well, we've probably all heard those horror stories about what can happen when a pet travels by air. Now you are going to be able to be better informed when you choose an airline when traveling with your pet or sending your pet on its own. The U.S. Transportation Department has changed its rules, expanding the number of U.S. airlines that have to report on animals that were lost, injured, or died during transport. Up until now, only 14 carriers had to do it. Starting January 1st, 27 have to file those reports, and that actually pulls in some of the smaller carriers. And for the 
the first time the rule will have to apply to shipments by breeders and not just pet owners, so it's going to be a lot more accurate. Animal rights groups had wanted animals other than cats and dogs to be covered by the requirements, but the department said that would be a little too much to do. Government figures show that 122 dogs died between May of 2005 and May of 2010 while being transported by their owners as cargo. Short-faced breeds like bulldogs and pugs accounted for nearly half of those, possibly because of the heat in the cargo hold. This is not applying to pets that you carry on in a pet carrier and put them under the seat in front of you. These are the ones that travel down with the luggage. Well, next time your apartment, honey, you might want to add communal dog to your checklist. One new apartment complex in Washington, D.C. actually comes with an English bulldog for all the residents to enjoy. The manager of 2M, that's the name of this big fancy Haza Gaza apartment complex. His name is Doug Crawford. He's making it possible for busy people, residents there, to have a pet without all the work. His 10-month-old puppy, Emma, will serve as the communal dog, and people who live in the building will be able to visit and interact with Emma seven days a week. Crawford, he will do the hard labor of taking care of Emmy, but everybody will get to enjoy her wonderful companionship. I think that's so cool. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. On the phone right now, we have a a guest who's been on before, Dr. Lori Hess. And I forgot what she was talking about last time, but she's kind of a bird expert. And in fact, you know her, Joey, don't you? Yeah, actually, we we, we all went out to dinner one night in Manhattan with Doc Halligan and a few people. And she gave me a lot of good tips about my bird. Doc, how are you doing? Hi, great. How are you? Very good. I see today's topic as the top 10 bird dangers at home. Yeah. And so without looking at the copy, I was trying to guess (laughs) what would be a danger. Now, I don't own a bird, but I know that there's the whole canary in a coal mine thing, so oh, I would yeah. imagine that smoke is one of those. And I don't, I don't want to mess up your list or anything, but I was just trying to guess what would be on that list. Can you go down the list and tell us uh, what and why we should be cautious? Sure. Yeah. Well, you were right on the money there. I mean, we, we kind of group it, group it as, as fumes, any kind of aerosol um, products in the air, you know, that birds can breathe in. They're very sensitive to things in the air, much more so than we mammals are. So any kind kind of uh, smoke or if you burn a Teflon pan, any nonstick pan. Well, well, what do you mean burn it? Well, when you heat up Teflon or any nonstick coating, it releases these little microscopic particles that we can't really? see and we can't smell, but they're instantly deadly to birds. Well, they've yeah. got to be horrible in our food, too. Yeah, well, I mean, they're probably not great for anybody, but you certainly don't want to be around them if you're a bird. So we tell all our bird owners, no nonstick cookware. That's a pretty big one. I own yep. only nonstick cookware most for the most part. Okay, so if you do own nonstick, can they be in another room or is it just... Yeah, they should be really far away, completely in another airspace, and you should ventilate the room that you're using the nonstick cookware in the kitchen really, really well. Windows open, air conditioner on, that kind of thing. Okay, what else? Um, flight danger. We all know that uh, birds love to fly, and it's their natural thing to fly. But if they're inside, they can fly around. They can hit the mirror. Uh, they can hit the window. They can go out the window or the door. Sometimes they'll land on top of the door, and you might not see them there. And you'll slam the door, and you can actually break their legs. Oh, um, so dear. you know, it's a big controversy in, in uh, bird medicine whether you clip your bird's wings or not. But um, if you're going to have your bird out unsupervised at all, you really, really need to clip their wings. Joey, do you is gurney clipped? What's what's Gurney's situation. Gurney, Gurney wasn't clipped for a long time until the week that we were supposed to go, the day before we were going to Super Zoo all oh, that yeah. one year, and yeah. she flew out and went up in a 70-foot tree and oh, came down, yeah. but she's been clipped since. Yeah, okay, good. Okay. What else? 
Well, along the lines of fumes is just something you might not think of specifically, but secondhand smoke. Um, you know, smoke and birds don't go together at all, but people who smoke in their homes, even away from their birds, um, will have, you know, some smoke on them, on their clothes, on their hands. And when they go to hold their birds on their hands, when they say, step up onto my hand, or the bird's crawling on their shirt, those birds are picking up all that nicotine on, you know, their feet, on their feathers. And remember, they groom themselves with their beaks, so they're ingesting all that. And I've actually seen some birds chew off the skin on their feet because there's nicotine on there. It's very irritating. Well, that, and, you know, it's horrible for any animal. You know, the cat, oh, if you have yeah. a cat and yeah. the smoke gets on them, then they lick the nicotine or the smoke off it. Don't smoke. It's just another reason it's not, not to smoke. not good for anybody. Okay, what exactly. else? Exactly. Chewing. We know that birds use their mouths. Their beak is like a, an appendage, like an arm, so they grab onto things to pull themselves up. Um, they love to chew. It's part of their normal behavior. And sometimes they chew on lots of safe things, but there's lots of stuff around our homes that really is not appropriate for them to chew on. Things like paint can have lead in it. And even if you've painted over the old paint where that had lead so that the surface paint doesn't, they can chip right through the lead underneath. Um, they can chew on stained glass and wires, batteries, things that have toxic metals in them, not only just lead, but zinc and copper. Um, they can chew on electric cords and get electrocuted. I mean, there's so many things around the house that, you know, are tempting for them to chew, mm-hmm. and even healthy things. I mean, there's some foods that are not appropriate for them to chew, like avocado is toxic to birds. Chewing is a big thing, and we kind of bring this into the next topic of toxic foods. Um, chewing on excessive amounts of onion, garlic, lots of avocado. Avocado, high salt items are really super high fat items, not good for birds either. We are with Dr. Lori Hess. Uh, she's returned once again to tell us a little bit about the bird dangers, the top 10 bird dangers lurking in your home. And I'm, I'm making sure that Gurney is following all of these. Uh, you will hold on, because yeah. I got a question. Because yeah. Gurney, pizza and bacon are like on the top of her food really? list. Um, not that we feed her <laughs> that, but if we're bacon. having it, she she wants it. So I guess bacon isn't, isn't well, one of the better things for her. She can have a bite. But you don't want to give her a big strip of bacon because she's not big enough to, to tolerate that. That would be like you having like a whole side of, you know, meat. Um, so a little taste here and there is fine, but realize the amount of salt or fat in any one little item of food for us, a bite, is a huge amount more relative to the size of the bird. I thought you were on a diet anyway, Joey. What are you doing eating bacon pizza? Pizza and bacon, yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, number six, we're working down to, to the number ten. Human medications, really important. I mean, people take all kinds of drugs these days, you know, prescription drugs, and you leave them out, and you think they're closed, and the little pill vials, are, and, and birds are great at chewing things open, so they really can't be, have access to these things. Number seven. Other pets. You wouldn't think about this, but, um, you know, there are pets in the house that are well-meaning. Our dogs and cats are very friendly. And sometimes they do interact well with birds and when they're supervised all together, but other times they just want to play. And they may, you know, a cat's instinct is to run up and catch that flying bird. And mm-hmm. the cat may not want to do any harm, but if those teeth wrap around that bird's body and puncture their little body, they can really, really cause damage and, and death and injury. Well, you see those videos of the, the cats and the, the birds getting along and playing with each other. each other. Don't try this at home. No, really. There's all kinds of bad bacteria. The cats can get, you know, give scratches. It's not something we recommend it. Working our way through the list, what's number eight? Well, um, there are certainly other things around our house that seem benign, but like plants. Um, some plants are fine, and there are actually some plants that are perfectly safe for birds to chew on. But then there are others, and there's a whole long list of them that can be very toxic to birds and have all kinds of things in them that if they swallow, they can get very sick. Um, so you just need to make sure that if you're going to have plants in your house of any kind that they're safe, and certainly you want to watch your bird around those plants. I'm looking at number nine. I guess this was a gimme for me, pest control. 
Yeah, uh, you know, we all have little rodent traps in our house or even little, you know, ant uh, bait laying around. And again, those little ant bait things just look like little play toys to yep. birds. You know, those little black discs, they can puncture through with their, their beaks right away and, and those things can be toxic too. The, the next one kind of concerned me. Yes, well, this is, <laughs> this is a concern and believe it or not, it's a really big concern. Um, human germs. I can't tell you how many people over the past 20 years, as I've been a bird vet, have come in and said, I chew up food in my mouth and I share it with my bird. They actually chew it. Now, birds do chew food and regurgitate to each other, but they're both birds. Okay, so it's, we're not birds. We have all kinds of microbes in our mouth, and they just don't belong in a bird's mouth. And really, I mean, if you're going to give your bird a bite off your plate, it shouldn't be something that's been in contact with your fork, your mouth, anyway. Break it off. Give the taste. Don't chew it. I see that you've hooked up with our good friends over at Vet Street and VetStreet.com. You can learn more over the website at VetStreet.com. We'll put links to everything you've heard today on AnimalRadio.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Those of you that have listened to Animal Radio for a long time know that I have a little history with animals. And in fact, I got into this whole show by sleeping in a doghouse for days on end to raise money for a local SPCA. And I said to myself, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could do a radio show? For the animals, and I created Animal Radio over 14 years ago doing that. Mm-hmm. I've eaten a little uh, little dog food in my time, too. Yeah, didn't we eat with uh, Dick Van Patten? We I, ate I sat uh, down with spot Dick Van- stew. I remember it actually tasted good. And I'll tell you, if you can sit down with a celebrity and eat dog <laughs> Open food. Open a can of dog food. And both of you just share that. There's no, <laughs> no experience you will ever have in your life like that. Uh, but this next lady, and she should be the hero this week. We already got the 14-year-old hero. But this lady owns a pet store, and I forget where it is. We'll ask her in just a second. Her name is Dorothy Hunter, and she's going to be eating pet food for 30 days. Dorothy, oh welcome to the show. <laughs> Hey, how are you? Good. So where are you? We're in Richland and Kennewick, Washington. Oh, up uh, near Richland and Kennewick in Washington, right? As in the state. <laughs> and you own a pet store, right? Yes, I do. And you claim to have the best food there at the pet store. Uh, obviously, very healthy food. I, I would imagine there's no Purina in there, I'm guessing. No, there is no Purina. We don't have any foods that are sourced from China or any other non-reputable country. <laughs> and so as a, uh, I guess, a stunt, a promotional stunt to show that all the food in your store is awesome food. You'll be eating this food for 30 days. Tell us, what what are your plans? And, and was this a happy hour thought? You were sitting down for drinks saying maybe as a great promotional stunt, I'll eat. Uh. <laughs> no, actually, we were just, we were munching on stuff because it was busy and I didn't have time to run off and go get something to eat. And then some of the customers were like, you ought to just like do a little blog on Facebook. And I was doing it over a week before the news even got a hold of it. Or I, I was just doing it 
locally for my customers because I do things like that. And then from that inspiration, we decided to do it for a month and continue to videotape it and then also bring up awareness about how many little companies are out there that are going above and beyond what, what they have to do to make awesome pet food. Mm. Um, so you've already done the 30 days, is that correct? Oh, no, I'm still got like 12 more days to go. Okay, so, you so you're about halfway, halfway through. through. I'm halfway. Okay, so tell us what your diet's been. Oh, geez. I was doing a little bit of everything in my store at first, and when you have very high short-chain fatty acids get in your system, especially when you're not used to them, you experience mm. gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so you got a, a little bit of gas. Well, you know, they say when you're changing your dog's food, you should give it a few days. Because it's be- gradual. Yeah, yeah, because it's... Uh, yes. they, they well, could- I haven't quite made this as gradual as I should have. Oh, I'm sorry. And so I was experiencing a little bit of um, pungent gas. So so I've made a lot more dehydrated now so that I can still work at the store and not run everybody off. What about uh, beverages? What have you, any uh, cat milk? Uh, no. We're, yeah, we, we, we drew a line on the cat milk. I mean, I've, I've tried some of the, the like doggy wines, um, but I'm not doing those. I did decide when I started this that I couldn't give up my coffee because I was pretty sure that my employees would quit if I did. Yeah, I get that. So you don't just, just you know, top it off with a little kitten milk? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> now, I you, think there was a TV show that showed someone trying to milk a cat um, here just a couple years ago. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. no, we're not going there. Yeah. You know, I like treats after dinner. I like to have a little dessert and stuff, you know. So you must want to nibble on something. Um, have you tried those uh, bully sticks? Uh, yeah, no, no bully sticks here. We, uh, we're well educated on them as well as where they're sourced from and what part of the body they're sourced from. So, so yeah, there was a, long, uh, a line drawn about what I would consume and what I wouldn't consume. Now, on my final day, just as the uh, grand teetob, just because everybody's been harassing me. Yes. On the last day, I am going to crack open a can of green beef trite in the broth oh, yes. and taste it. Oh. It's going to be nasty, and I am aware of that, because this stuff already smells like death when you open it. Yeah. Well, you know, when you said people are harassing you, let me tell you something, if you don't already know this. The reason they're harassing you is because they would never have the guts or inspiration to do this. I, I salute you. I bow to you for doing this, and I think it's a wonderful stunt. I think it will achieve the goal of getting promotion for your business, but most importantly, most importantly, it will demonstrate to pet owners that the quality of food that uh, you should be feeding your pets is not really something you can walk into Walmart. Now, last week we had Dr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becker on, Dr. Mm-hmm. Marty Becker, who I, yes. he's a great great friend of mine. He's I, I respect him very much, but last week for the first time, I did not agree with what he had to say. And he said, <laughs> he said, you know what, that food, that old Roy that you find in the uh, Walmart is just as good or uh, mm. as some of the expensive stuff. Wow. And you know what? I all it, agree to disagree. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And we always, we never always agree here in the studio. Hey, Dorothy, I got to say, um, as a veterinarian in the group, you know, I always have to have the, the disclaimer. And I'm very pleased that you've done what you've done, but I'm, I'm so glad you're not doing it longer than 30 days because I would no. like to point out that, you know, there are nutritional requirements for any species. And, you know, Absolutely. eating dog food on a long term basis is not a sound thing to do. I don't try this at home. <laughs> Have so, you lost any weight? Only two pounds. I'm quite mm. disappointed. <laughs> are you uh, Are you a married woman? Yes, I am. 
And does the husband have any fear of kissing you or anything like that? No, he's been eating the food with me. Oh, good for him. God, God bless him. You know, misery. And, and we're not chasing cars, and we're not sniffing butts. Uh, we're not doing any of that crazy stuff. So well, hey, the 30 good. days isn't over yet. Yeah, it's early. Uh, no. You know what? Can we, uh, Judy, can you please schedule? We would like to check in with you at the end of your 30 days. Okay. Yes, please. Let's do a follow-up. I'd okay. love that. And we will check in once again with Dorothy Hunter. Uh, what's the name of your pet store? It's Paws Natural Pet Emporium. And is there a website? Absolutely. And if you would like to follow this story, we are doing our little post, and they're on our Facebook as well as on YouTube. Okay. And we'll put links to that right from AnimalRadio.com. Right. What's for dinner tonight? Oh, geez. I oh. bet it's going to be dog food. Mm, good. Okay. So let's uh, let's get on out of here. Had a lot of fun today. I am bushed. A lot of great guests. Thank you so much, Brandon McMillan, for coming on the show. Dorothy Hunter, good. We're going to check in with you in, what, 15 more days and yep. find out how that diet's going and if that gas problem has gone away. <laughs> and Dr. Lori Hess, thank you so much. Be sure to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Radio Network. Network.